Sinner podcast. I'm your sinner, Adam Sanders. Hey, I know it's been a while. Um, I've been slacking, and that's not okay of me. And so we're gonna get this ball on the roll. Like it's we're 2021. Um, we started. I started this in 2020. We started this in 2020, and it's unacceptable. And my apologies on that. But listen, we're gonna keep doing it. We're gonna get into it, and we are finishing John. We're finishing the chapter of book of John today. We are in chapter 18. I'm reading from the. MacArthur Study Bible, like always, um, and pretty sure it's New International Version, and so that's the Bible reading out of today. Um, if you have a different version, that's totally cool. I mean, it's not going to hurt you at all. Um, there's just some words that are changed, some meanings that might change, but for the most part, there it's it's basically the same. Um, and so, again, we're going to finish. John chapter 18. I hope everybody is okay throughout this year. Hope everything is fine. Um, I've been praying for our world and where our country's the United States is at right now. That's where I live at. And so um, I actually am a veteran. And so how the country's well-being is very close to my heart, considering that I fought for this country and I don't want to see it in shambles. But I'm not going to go into any politics or how everything's going. I'm just saying I'm praying for how the world is and I'm praying that God lifts everybody in his hands. And I know he will. Um, he's always faithful and always true. And so that being said, let's pray and ask God for wisdom as we read his word. Dear Lord, thank you for this day and thank you for the opportunity to share your word with everybody. And I pray that you please give us the wisdom that you need us to to learn from you that and we need lord we need your wisdom and we thank you for your wisdom we thank you for being the alpha and omega the wonderful creator the amazing father wonderful friend thank you for sending your son jesus christ to die for our sins um and just i pray for our world lord i pray that you lift everybody i pray that you please heal those who are sick um i know it's a lot to ask but Anyways, for the rest of this, I thank you so much for, again, the opportunity. It's in your name we pray, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, let's get into chapter 18. When he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kindred Valley. On the other side, there was a garden, and he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked him, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, 
I am he, Jesus said, and Judas the traitor was standing there with them. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they said. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If you're looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Mal Malchus. Ooh, Malchus just got struck in the right ear. Verse 11, Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? Then the detachment of soldiers with its commander and the Jewish officials arrested Jesus. They bound him and brought him first to Anas, who was a father-in-law of Cyphus, the high priest that year. Cyphus was the one who had been advised, who had advised the Jewish leaders that it would be good if one man died for the people. Interesting. You wonder if Cyphus really knew what he was doing, or if it's another way God uh, parodied his sin for his will. Anyways, Peter's first denial, verse 15. Simon Peter and the other disciples were following Jesus because the disciples was because this disciple was known to, to the high priest. He went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard, but Peter had to wait outside at the door. The other disciple who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. You aren't one of this man's disciples too, are you? She asked Peter. He replied, I am not. It was cold, and the servants and officials stood around the fire they had made to keep warm. Peter also was standing with them, warming himself. High priest questions Jesus. Verse 19. Meanwhile, the high priest questions Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. I've spoken openly to the world, Jesus replied. I always taught in synagogues or at the temple where all the Jews come together. I said nothing in secret. Why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. When Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby slapped him in the face. Is this the way you answer the high priest, he demanded? <gasps> he slapped Jesus in the face. That's not cool, man. If I said something wrong, Jesus replied, testify as to what it, what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why do you strike me? Then Anas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Peter's second and third denial. Verse 25. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was still standing there, warning himself. So they asked him, you aren't one of his disciples too, are you? He denied it, saying, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative, of the man who, whose ear Peter had cut off challenged him, didn't I see you with him in the garden? Again, Peter denied it, and at the moment, a rooster began to crow. Dun, dun, dun. Jesus was right, like always. Okay, Jesus for, before Pilate. Verse, what does that say? 28. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the plate of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? 
If it were not a criminal, they replied, if he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? I Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not the of this world. I love that. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is, is from another place. You're a king then, said Pilate. You're a king then. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into this world is to testify the, to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? retorted Pilate. With this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him, but it is in your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, No, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had taken part in an uprising. And I think in other gospels it, Tells us a little bit more of who Barabbas was, that he was a murderer and all this other stuff. Um, but we'll get into that. This one, it just, in the book of John, it just says, now Bar Barabbas took, had taken part in the uprising. So, chapter 19, Jesus sentenced to be crucified, verse 1. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they slapped him in the face. Once more, Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and the, their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! Now I wonder, no, I'm not reading anymore, now I wonder if him coming out in that presence really like tipped it over, like how the soldiers dressed him, if that really, really made the, the, the elder Jews mad to push him to where they wanted to crucify. I mean, it was already going to happen anyways, right? But I just find it interesting. I never thought about that before. All right. So they shouted, crucify, crucify. But Pilate answered, you take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. The Jewish leader insisted, we have a law. And according to that law, he must die because he claimed to be the son of God. That's crazy. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid. And he went back inside the palace where do you come from? He asked Jesus, but Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said, do you realize I have power to either free you or crucify you? Jesus answered, you have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of greater sin. 
From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jewish leaders kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend to Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat out of the palace known as the stone pavement, which in Aramaic is Gabbatha. Uh, it was okay. Verse fourteen. It was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about noon. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews. But they shouted, "Take him away! Take him away! Crucify him!" Shall I crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar. The chief priests answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. The crucifixion of Jesus. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus, carrying his own cross. He went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called uh, Golgotha. Uh, Gol oh my goodness. Golgotha. <laughs> I can't read this. Golgotha. That's the best I can do. Golgotha. That's what the place is called in Aramaic. There, Okay, verse 18. There they crucified him and with two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had noticed preparation and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. So all could read. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write King of the Jews, but this man claimed to be King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, div uh, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarments remaining. The garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. I'm not sure what that means, by lot. Uh, probably by like a, like a lottery pool, I'm guessing. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, they divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garments. For my garment. So this was, so this is what the soldier did. Verse 25. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. The death of Jesus. Later knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant, lifted it up in Jesus' lips. When he had finished receiving the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Verse 31. Now it was a day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath, because the Jewish leader did not want the bodies left on the, on the crosses during the Sabbath. They asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. Why the legs broken? It's interesting. Maybe to before rigor mortis sets in and to carry them farther away without, I don't know, man, that's interesting. Verse 32, the soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus, they found that he was already dead. 
They'd, oh, maybe it was just to kill them off. And he was already dead. They did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing in a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it was giving testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and then he testifies so that you also may believe. These things happen so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And another scripture says, they will look on one they have pierced. Later, okay, the burial of Jesus. Verse 38. Later, Joseph and Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, ooh, they were secret disciples. I think that's the first time reading that. I don't think that ever stood out to me. But he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. That's a lot of myrrh and aloes. Taking Jesus' body, and the two of them wrapped it with spices and strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb, in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was a Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. The Empty Tomb, chapter 20, verse 1. Early on that first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So he came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, and the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So this is, I mean, grave robbing, man, that's a big thing. So Peter and the other disciples started the tomb, started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciples outran Peter and reached the tomb of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him, went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. Cloth was still lying in its place, separated from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. Verse 9, they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back where they were staying. Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene, verse 11. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept. She bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have, to, they have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Excuse me. <clears throat> Verse 15, he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, you have carried him away. Tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. I probably butchered how that's supposed to be said, but 
<laughs> oh well. Verse 17. Jesus said, Do not be hold, do not hold on to him, or do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father, and your Father to my God and your God. Okay, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father. To my God, okay. To my there was a comma that I didn't see after Father, to my God and your God. 18. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I've seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. Jesus appears to his disciples, verse 19. On the evening of that day, first, oh my goodness. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw Jesus, saw the Lord. <coughs> Excuse me. I didn't get that out of my throat. Verse 21, I'm pretty sure I read this. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me. I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sin, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Oh my goodness. Just think about that power, man. It's crazy. Jesus appears to Thomas, verse 24. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in his house and Thomas was with them. Though the, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hand. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen yet believed. That's a powerful it's hard. It's hard to believe something you don't see. And blessed are those who do. Um, one thing I, uh, we read this not too long ago at my church. And one of the things I asked my grandfather was this, can Jesus do our, so when we die, do our physical blemishes, aka scars or cuts or gashes, Go with us into the spiritual realm with our spiritual bodies. Or did Jesus at that time transfer from a physical, uh, a spiritual form to a physical form to show him his cuts and his scars so that he would believe? It's very interesting. I, I, we believe the latter is true, that you know, of course Jesus is powerful enough to do that, but it'd be interesting to see if the... If the uh, um, if we do come out with blemishes and scars here from our world, if it carries with us spiritually, but who knows? Okay. The purpose of John's gospel, verse 30, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. 
But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Jesus in the miraculous catch of fish, verse or chapter 21, verse 1. After Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee, it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, <clears throat> Nathaniel from Cana, in Galilee, the son of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, We'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning Jesus stood on shore, but the disciples did not realize that, this, but that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find more. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him where he had taken, off, taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed, followed in the boat toward towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. Yeah, that's not far. A hundred yards ain't far. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat, dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. And that's oppressive. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask them, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Man, that, that number three right there. Third time, Jesus rose after dead three times. He came back and visited his disciples three times. Uh, to Simon Peter would, or was it Peter or Paul, would deny Jesus three times. Okay, Jesus reinstates Peter. Verse 15, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Again, in threes. Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. So feed my lambs, feed my sheep, take care of my sheep. So the lambs, of course, are children. The sheep, we are the sheep, take care of my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciples whom Jesus loved was following them. 
This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to, um, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that the disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, that what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. And that's the end of the Gospel of John. That was very powerful. I love that ending. I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. And how I read that is this. Jesus is still working. He never stops working in everybody's life. There would be a book about me, about you, about everybody for the works that Jesus did in their life. That's crazy. And more than that, more books than that. That's just insane. Well, thank you. Thank you all for staying, listening, hearing me cough and stuff. I'm sorry about that. But um, we got through John, everybody. And so next episode, I'm going to have a, um, a guest with me. He's my mentor and um, really good guy. His name's Jimmy. And um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. So yeah, tune in for next time. If this is the first one you, you've tuned in, please go into the the beginning ones were reading these uh, by books. And so the book of John, we did the first episode. So yeah, go go watch. Go listen to those. Don't watch it. Go listen. Anyways, um, all this is ad-free, money-free. I'm not asking for donations or anything. This is just so that you have an ability to listen to the word instead of, and read it. I think listening and reading is good at the same time. Um, it helps your brain um, think more and respond more and intake more information. So again, thank you for listening. Um, this has been reading the Bible with the sinner. I've been your sinner, Adam Sanders. And uh, yeah, y'all keep striving. All right. I'll catch y'all later. Thank you.